show where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. And I'm Brittany and I didn't. And we are on Buffy Season 2 Episode 5, Reptile Boy. Buffy and Cordelia attend a frat party where they are offered as human sacrifices to a reptile-like creature. And we have to talk about this for 25 minutes. Yes. We do. It's bad. It shouldn't have been made. It would not be made today. No. Setting aside all of the sexual crimes that are being committed. Yes. I mean, nobody's having sex with anyone in this episode. I think Rufy is considered sexual assault at this point. Maybe that's not considered sexual assault, but it's... I don't know. Either way. It's bad. (laughs) It's all tied together. And this is what this episode is. Setting aside all of that, it's not a great episode anyway. No. I'm going to give it a two. I give it a four. Okay. The angel stuff was good. See, I don't know. I don't know. The willow stuff was good. The willow stuff was good. <laughs> the willow stuff was good. The willow stuff was the best part of this episode. Uh, IMDB gives it a 7.3. Somehow, this episode is rated exactly the same as the Mummy Girl episode that we just watched. That one wasn't great either, but this one is horrendous. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. Well, the short version. All right. So, those of you listening at home, the short version of this episode. So, let me give you about 15 seconds. You can listen to that. And then if you want to move on to the next episode, we understand. If you would like to hear our very strong opinions about how much this sucked, keep going. There's sexual assault. They haze a 16-year-old. They roofie three 16-year-olds. And it's 80s frat boy heaven. And then Willow has some good lines. Yeah. But there isn't actually sexual assault. Nobody actually does anything in a sexual manner. Like, neither, none of them do anything sexual to any of them that we see. Not that we see, no, but that at the end of the episode, they say this has been going on for 50 years. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's not good. I'm just clarifying that we don't actually. No. We do not actually witness a rape. Mm -mm. They didn't go that far. All right. So the short version is this episode would never get made today. No, probably not. And I'm not totally sure why I got made in the first place. But here we are. So let's talk about it. We have an angel sighting. Twelve minutes in, Buffy is in the graveyard being very angsty. Because she is a teenager, as she's wont to be. And relationships and drama are her life. Along with, you know, steak and vamps. They remind us, I think six or seven times in this episode... That Angel is 241 years old, and that Buffy is 16. Yeah. 
Did they ever specify 16, or did they just say she's a junior in high school? No, they specified 16. They specified 16? Giles, I think, said that she's a 16-year-old girl multiple times. Or maybe Xander did. One of one of them says it multiple times. Okay. Here's my thing that I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this still. If we are going to be up in arms over the frat boys taking high school girls... 16-year-olds and roofing them and all of this stuff. Yes, the Angel-Buffy relationship is supposed to be more positive, but we're still talking about a 241-year-old and a 16-year-old. Yeah. I mean, their relationship is not positive. It's very, very toxic. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) It's not as toxic as, say, a Edward and Bella relationship. From Twilight, but I don't think anything is as toxic as that relationship. It's pretty toxic. It's not good. I mean, they kind of explain very soon why Angel's relationship with anyone is toxic. But it's, it's toxic. It's not good. It's very bad. And I was so excited for all this Angel stuff. And then they decided for some reason, that the 241-year-old should act like he's 15. Yeah. I don't get it. Who he's around? I don't know. He's adapting? I don't know. The 22-year-old was able to, you know, be all smooth-talking and everything and ask Buffy out on a date. Why can't the 241-year-old... I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Angel is not around people a lot because he's a vampire. He lives underground or lives wherever he lives and he doesn't go around people. And he hasn't really been around people since he got a soul. So for a hundred years. Okay, sure. So he just uh, is a man out of time. Correct. And doesn't know how to ask a 20th century girl on a date yeah okay i can get behind that but that's not what it feels like to me it feels like he's a 13 year old who's now 241 years old but is still 13 gotcha xander's a bumbling idiot Mm -hmm. but even xander figures out how to talk to some girls even xander can somehow figure it out and get his courage up or however you want to say it yeah angel doesn't come across as awkward. He comes across as wildly inexperienced, which we know isn't true because of Darla, if nothing else at this point. He is inexperienced in a way because I think that they specify later on that Buffy would be the third girl that he's ever cared about in that kind of romantic relationship. One being Darla, another being Drew, the third one Buffy. Okay. And he was very young when he was turned. That's still three, though, not one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out more, I'm sure, as we go. But I'm just not uh super thrilled about the way they're fleshing out angel and the angel buffy relationship the angel buffy relationship is not great and i can't imagine it's gonna get much better 
All all of Buffy's relationships are, suck. Well, she is the Slayer. They they suck. Like you have three people to choose between. They are all terrible. I mean, Angel's a great. I love Angel, but no, not Angel and Buffy. No. Okay. All right, so let's do our side character shout-out for this episode. They all suck, so I'm cheating a little bit and saying that my side character shout-out is uh, Makita, which is the name of the giant snake demon puppet thing. Um, And I'm shouting it out only for the makeup job because that was the high point of the episode. That was a heck of a makeup job. Yes. Yeah, I don't really have a side character shout-out. Mine was mainly, I wrote down that Charisma Carpenter is very good. Charisma Carpenter is very good at playing a very bad person. Yes. I I like Charisma Carpenter a lot, and I thought she was very good in this episode, especially at the very end, where she gives, like, four different emotions in the matter of, like, 25 seconds. Yes. I do not dislike Charisma Carpenter. Cordelia. Yes. I didn't think could get worse, and then they introduced that laugh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Cordelia's reading some handbook? Probably a magazine. A magazine. It feels like it's Cosmo or something. I don't know. But it's how uh, women should act around men or something like that. Or how to act around an older man. Maybe that was it. Because she makes a big deal throughout the episode that she's dating a college she's guy. She's dating a college guy, which is not great. I mean, if it's a freshman in college and she's sixteen, that's different. It's still illegal, which is a problem. But the characters that they introduce us to, the two frat boys, uh, Tom and Richard, mm-hmm. I think one's a senior, one's a junior, so they're both somewhere in their twenties. Yeah. They're both somewhere in their 20s, and Buffy and Cordelia are repeatedly referred to as 16. Yeah. I guess we should say that I don't think there's even a kiss in this. No. So that's good, I guess, that they didn't even do that. That's good. But the undercurrents are still there. Right. Moving on from the whole each thing, there are several uh, kind of funny moments, kind of strange moments um, that I'm sure we can talk about. But let's start with um, how well did you remember this? You said before that this was a bad episode. Mm -hmm. How well did you remember the badness? Pretty well. Um, I didn't write down a whole lot of like bad things. I mostly just wrote down. Um, like, random things that I remembered. 
Like, I remembered that whole Cordelia and Xander exchange at the beginning. Like, they were talking in the hallway, and it was very clearly, like, Xander and Cordelia were having a moment. Like, not, like, a romantic moment, but they were, like, like bantering back and forth. You mean the part where they insulted each other until Xander left? Yeah. And then two scenes later, they were right back at it? Yeah. That part? Okay. Yeah, I think so. When she complimented him on his uh, career as a pizza delivery yes, yes, person? Yes, yes, yes. That made me like her even less. <laughs> I take personal exception to that. I remembered... Like, the whole scene where Cordelia was trying to teach Buffy about what she could and could not do at the frat party. Ooh, that was bad. And she she told Buffy her hair looked bad. And Buffy's hair did look bad. Buffy's hair looked really bad. I also remember the part where they were in the library and they it was Giles and Willow. And they figured out what was going on. And Willow kept trying to steer Giles away from contacting Buffy. Yeah, Willow was covering. Yeah. Even though she was mad at Buffy, which I didn't remember that she was upset that Buffy lied. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. That it was like, oh no, she lied to Giles. The world is ending. Yeah. This is not what's right. This is not good. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I think that the Giles-Buffy relationship is that positive right now yeah so i don't totally buy that but sure willow let's see some character growth and we did yeah (laughs) one part i guess it kind of like it goes together but the part that i remembered was that scene at the toward the end with giles willow and angel the first part of that where she's just staring at the window and (laughs) is not reflection that was a good bit. That was a good bit. Because uh, for a show that has the word vampire in the title, there's a distinct lack of vampires. Yeah. You get a whole episode that's all vampires, and then now we've gone two episodes without vampires, because Angel doesn't count. Okay. But then I also remember in that scene where Willow yells at both Giles and Angel. That was the most character growth we've seen out of Willow yet. Yeah. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was very good. And all the while while she was covering for Buffy. My favorite line was delivered by Xander, which makes it sound like it's high praise. There weren't really a lot of good one-liners in this one, um, but Xander did say, uh, that's not askew, it's cockeyed, <laughs> which is the same thing. Yeah. That was that was funny. Yeah. I liked when Willow and Buffy were talking about Buffy wanting to go on a date with Angel, but... They couldn't because of who Angel was, and so she said something like, I can't date him, or something like that, and Willow turned her, and she was like, well, not during the day. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Willow. That is how that works. (laughs) That lore has been established. You are correct. It was funny. A couple of things I noticed. Um, I appreciated the BGSU shout-out. 
um, having the uh, graveyard right next to all the frat, frat houses. Yeah. You know, because there's a graveyard in the middle of BGSU. Right. That so. They reuse that set when they go to college. Uh, of course they do. A lot. Of course they do. <laughs> but in that graveyard, um, the when... I don't even remember the girl's name. But she jumps over the fence and she's running past the tombstones. The first two tombstones, the engraving on the first one is mom, and the engraving on the second one is dad. And that's it. Really? There's <laughs> no names. There's no years. <laughs> there's nothing else. It just says mom, and the second one is dad. And they're not even terrible. similar either. They're wildly different. Oh, my gosh. Good job, Joss Whedon. You dropped that in there. <laughs> no, I noticed when she was running, she ran a lot. And then when she got to, like, the wall that she had to jump over, she rolled into frame. Yes, for some reason. I was like, because apparently you have to roll to get away. Yes. Also, in the scene where Angel comes in for the first time in the cemetery with Buffy, there is... So much foreshadowing to what's happening, what's going to happen. They say stuff like, and one thing leads to another. Because he can't be with her because one thing's going to lead to another. And she was like, well, what's going to lead to what? And then something about, like, when you kiss me, I die. And things like that. Like, it's everything. It's so much foreshadowing. Right, because Angel can't have sex. Yeah. He cannot. Which is a whole other thing we'll unpack Later. Soon. <laughs> In a couple episodes. Um, uh, right. I do need to point out a couple of other f- kind of fun things, though. Cordelia dresses like a frat boy. <laughs> yeah. She was, uh, when she met the college guy in the car, what, Richard? Yeah. Uh, she was, in fact, wearing a long sleeve button-up and a sweater vest. Yeah, she was. Because I'm super preppy. That's okay. That's where we're at there. Um, also, uh, I don't know if I've missed it in the other episodes, but there's a poster on the wall in the school. This is how little I cared about this episode. I was paying attention to the poster in the background. Uh, there's a poster on the wall that is captioned, uh, "Not everyone who drives drunk dies," and there's a po- the a face that's heavily scarred and burned. On it, and that's the poster. That's it. That's just that's what that was in okay. a hallway in a public school. I saw that briefly, and I didn't know what it was. I like glanced at it, and I honestly thought it was um. Oh my gosh, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I could see that. But I just like glanced at it. I wasn't paying close yeah, attention. It was to Rocky it. Eight. It was a poster for Rocky Eight. It's a fun joke out there for all of you uh, sports movie fans. I just have I have so many notes about. Are we not going to talk about their ages? No. Are we not gonna? We're not. We're just gonna ignore it. I yeah. just it's. Oh man. Okay. Angel, um, Angel has a phone apparently. Yes, apparently Angel has a phone. Because of course he does, and more than that, Giles has his number. Yeah. Or Willow has his number. I don't know which one of those is better. (laughs) Willow has Angel's number. Yeah. I think it makes more sense that Giles would have his number. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, But Angel did pick up. Yeah. So that's Well, if somebody connected to Buffy, he's going to answer no matter what. And I'm guessing 
he's not doing anything but drinking pig's blood, so you know. Yeah. He can answer the phone. Yeah. There's no Candy Crush or anything to play on his phone. He doesn't have a cell phone. It's a <laughs> landline. It's 1997. He's got to hang out by the phone. Angel doesn't strike me as much of a reader either, so, you know. I think they actually talk about that. Okay. And in Angel. I don't think okay. they talk about it now. I think they talk about it in Angel. I do feel the need to point out that it's become almost a common theme in these episodes towards the beginning for there to be some line, some throwaway, some something of, oh, it's been super quiet for a while, or I haven't had much to do, I'm so bored. I'm like, you fought a mummy seven days ago. Calm down. Yeah. They stop doing it where it's like every episode or every other episode, and they do it specifically when there's been like a hiatus. So like between seasons or like mid-season. Yeah, when there's actually a break. Yeah. Sure, that makes sense. That's fine. It's just been several episodes now I've noticed. But Buffy's like, oh, I'm so bored. Oh, I wish I had something to stab. (laughs) You know. I hate being the Slayer, but I'm bored. (laughs) I'm bored. I don't want to go to the bronze. I have no money. Staking vamps doesn't pay well, apparently. No, they actually talk about that later. many times has Cordelia been kidnapped now? Cordelia uh, has now been kidnapped uh, three times in five episodes plus the almost sort of abduction. Three and a half times. So three and a half in five episodes. So my prediction of six times this season we're halfway there. We're already halfway (laughs) there and it's been five episodes. I feel pretty good about that one. My previous prediction for this episode was that Oz will turn into a lizard person. Uh, Oz was not here. No. He did not show up. He did not get screen time. He'll be back eventually, I'm sure. Eventually. All right, so that brings us to our final segment of the show. Ryan predicts poorly, and uh, I have not looked up what the next episode is. I don't know what it's called, but I'm going to say... That next episode, uh, we get Spike back. Please, God, please let us get Spike back. I would like to have uh, some plot again. Please let Spike come back. The end. (laughs) What is the next episode? Is it... Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Oh, boy. Halloween is rated 9 on IMDb. 9.0. It's a decent episode. Actually... All right. I'm excited. I think it has to do with Giles. Well, not just Giles, but I mean, like, the bad guy is related to Giles in some way. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank God. This episode is so bad. You can check us out on Twitter at IMissedItPod. Tell us if you suffer through this episode with us. We don't recommend it, but we'd uh, appreciate the solidarity. For sure. Yay. Uh, you can also check out our uh, network at ghostlightmedia.net. Uh, our Patreon is there. 
uh, as is the link to our T-Pub store where you can get all the merch for all the shows on the network. And that's it for Buffy Season 2, Episode 5, Reptile Boy. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, nothing. This episode sucks. Feel free to forget it. We'll be back in a week. Bye. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.